This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. It's time now for a Washington Report where workers in America are saying enough is enough. Mm, A sizable number of them anyway. Uh, They're either hitting the picket lines or they're quitting their jobs. And several demonstrations took place across the U.S. late last week, including 10,000 workers at manufacturer John Deere, who went on strike after rejecting a tentative deal that would have improved wages and benefits. We also saw some 1,400 workers at Kellogg who are upset with a seven-day work week and a two-tiered retirement system. Why, though? Well, it's on the back of weak jobs data. It showed a record 4.3 million people quit their jobs in August. And according to the Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, about 2.9% of the workforce quit in August, up from 2.7% in July. So that's, uh, what, the highest quit rate since, you know, the report began in the late 2000s? Mm, quite a huge number yeah, and definitely notable. Thing is, even Hollywood was not spared. Negotiators struck a tentative deal with the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees averting a strike and a consequent halt on ongoing film and movie production. I'm sure many of you heaving a sigh of relief that your favourite shows aren't going to be affected. Reports say other workers' unions are preparing for walkouts of their own, though. Among the demands are higher pay and better working conditions. Observers say it points to much more, though. And to find out more about the labour situation in the US, we're joined now by Steve Oaken. He is Senior Advisor at McClarty Associates. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Barty. Good morning, Elliot. Now, let's start with what we left off talking about, uh, the scenes in Hollywood, behind the scenes, rather. Over the weekend, we saw the 60,000-strong union of the -the behind-the-scenes film and TV workers who've gone on strike. They put Hollywood production at a standstill. But there was a new deal that was struck. Uh, Tell us more about what led to all of this. When? What are the terms of the deal? Good enough? Well, look, the the workers have had enough, uh, and they've been taken advantage of for way too long. And, you know, these workers who we're talking about, you know, we're not talking about the actors. We're not talking about the directors. We're talking about the the blue-collar workers, the camera operators, the makeup artists, the, the, the script coordinators, the hairstylists. And they have been treated, you know, badly, you know, quite frankly. I mean, you know, for example, uh, this new contract will require... Uh, these workers to get at least, you know, 10 hours rest when they go home after working for as long as 18 hours, right? So there's these minimum rest requirements that are in there in addition to the increase in pay. And so the workers have said enough, enough, you're making so much money. Now you're paying hundreds of millions of dollars to the creators of content. You're making hundreds of millions of dollars and getting new subscribers um, to Netflix and the like. So we need our little fair share of it. And they got it. We could have missed out on The Mandalorian. I'm glad they uh, solved this issue. So one could link COVID-19 effects of to, to the effects of dissatisfaction. I mean, Netflix, Disney, Comcast, they have benefited greatly from the pandemic, but there's also been a slowdown in production in that sense. Uh, are these production houses, you know, not passing down the extra earnings to, to the workers? I mean, you, you say that they've been taken for granted. I mean, how bad? Is it that uh, you you don't care about people helping to produce the very thing that helps you make money? Well, that's always the debate's been going on for over a century or longer in the United States between labor and management. And, you know, labor really only gets 
its fair share if it can collectively bargain, right? So if it can unionize and, and negotiate as one as opposed to getting, you know, picked off in much smaller amounts by, by much more powerful management. And right now you're seeing an increase across the country in the power that unions have. And it may be that workers are better positioned now because of the pandemic, because there are so many people out of the workforce and, and the economy coming back that those who are looking for jobs have more power than those who are you know, offering the job. So it could be somewhat related to the pandemic. It could be somewhat psychological where people say, you know what, after living through the pandemic, work-life balance is a lot more important. Mm. And I am not going to go be working for somebody who's not going to give me the right amount of time off, who's not going to pay me the right amount of money, who's not going to take care of my health care. And so you're seeing a resurgence in, in labor power right now. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. I think, uh, yes, that's becoming quite apparent because it's not just in Hollywood where there was expressed discontent. We saw multiple picketings nationwide in the thousands. We mentioned Kellogg earlier, also American Airlines, and some of these incidents involved non-union workers. So let's do the compare and contrast. The picture in the labor landscape was quite different just months ago. You've mentioned a few things that could have led to this current dynamic. Uh, What is the way ahead then? Well, I mean, I think that's, the, of course, the, the key to the negotiation is uh, of the profits a company receives, how much should go to management, how much should go to shareholders, how much should go uh, uh, to the employees. And, and that's, you know, that, that's something that, that is always bargained between the workers and, and, and management. And what you see at a strike at like John Deere in other places is what management has tried to do is, is treat what, what we would call in labor terms the unborn differently, right? So they're putting a two-tier system in place. So they're saying workers who are here today, they get all the benefits that they would traditionally get. They get the health care covered. They get their vacation. They get retirement benefits. They get a, a certain amount of pay. But for those who are going to hire after you know November 1st or whatever the date might be, they don't get any of that. So we're going to have the new workers are going to be paid much less and are going to be given less benefits. And the current workers say, no, we are in solidarity and we are not going to work next to somebody and collectively bargain away somebody's rights to health care and to fair pay. And they say, we don't care. We're going on strike now. And that's what you're seeing at Kellogg's and you're seeing it at John Deere. It's this whole um, you know, two-tier system that the current workers are looking out for, for those who are going to come after them. Mm. Uh, there's also the 4.3 million workers quitting their jobs in August. And out of that, 800,000 job seekers in September unemployed because they quit without a new job lined up. Uh, job openings still at an all-time high. And I, I believe, uh, Steve, we might have discussed this before uh, and, and several times, in fact, talking about because of those uh, jobless benefits that have been prolonged being one of the reasons. I mean, what should we look at in terms of how the U.S. government needs to fix this? Well, I mean, that's where you have a there's one. There's only so much the federal government can do. But Mm. but the the Biden administration is 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 as pro labor as any administration in in decades uh, in the United States. And that was always part of Joe Biden's 
you know, appeal was that he came from, you know, working class uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania and Delaware. And he rode the train every day between Delaware yeah. and, and Washington. Yeah. So he became vice president. Yeah. And so you have at least the the enforcement of, of the existing laws, which goes to the federal government, you know, through the National Labor Relations Board and the like, that is going to be a, a you know, going to be more pro-union and is going to enforce the laws as written. It's going to look to try and get workers to organize and form new unions, such as is as was tried and failed, but may come again at Amazon okay. when it comes to their workers. So yeah, you've got a very pro-labor uh, administration, and that is only going to help workers, at least psychologically, if not in terms of legal enforcement. Well, there was also another kind of protest involving an airline. This one, though, not related to labor conditions. Some 200 Boeing employees and others staged a protest on Friday over a COVID-19 vaccine requirement for U.S. workers. Uh, They refused to be coerced into being immunized. Considering the situation right now and what's led to all of this, what does this really say about the Biden administration's balancing act when it comes to policies such as the vaccine mandate, considering the effects it's having on workers and the labor market as well? Well, look, the Biden administration has said we are going all in on, on science. We are going all in on what is going to end this pandemic and, and turn it from you know a pandemic into, into an endemic situation. And there's a new law that there are new rule coming out, not in force yet, where the Biden administration has said any company with more than 100 employees must have a vaccine mandate. And so they are going very hard on that side. On the other side, you have a a number of Republican governors, and they're all Republican governors who who come out with this. And they say, well, look, we're not anti-vaccine, but we're anti-mandate. And we believe people should have the right to not get a mandate if that is what they choose, regardless of what the science says, regardless of what is in the the better interest from a scientific perspective of the country. You've got this battle coming up. The Biden administration has said, we need to end this endemic. The best way to do it is turn this into an endemic. The best way to do it is through a mandate. And, And we think that is going to be good science and good politics. The Republicans are on the other side of it, and it is going to get ugly, like you see uh, at Boeing, as you mentioned. But this is happening for TV reporters, mm-hmm. where ESPN has said you had to have a mandate, and a reporter said no, and, and she lost her job. So it's happening across the entire country, and when the rule comes out, it's going to get worse. Oh, dear. Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor, McLaughlin Associates, on the line with us. Uh, Steve, n- nothing at all related to our Washington report, but I remember you had a trip, or you organized a trip back to the U.S. quite recently. How did that go uh you know was the whole uh process uh, easy was was it safe it was all of of of, of the above it, yeah. it, took a, it, it took a day or two elliot i was in the u.s for the month of august it took a day or two to get used to i mean it basically the only rule there is that like you you wear a mask when you're on transportation okay. you know you're an airplane or the subway you wear a mask when you go into a shopping mall or or the like. But other than that, you know, you basically you, you, you basically don't wear a mask and, you know, you, you've gotten vaccinated and, yeah. and you're for, for your job if, if you need. And that's about it. So nice. it's a totally different 
totally different situation. You, you do get thinking back, is this really, really, the, <laughs> should we have gone this far over the line? But uh, it's a different world than we have here. Yeah, I saw some photos of that on uh, on Facebook and uh, you know, genuinely yeah. I felt so happy for you, you know, to be able to go back home. Uh, that's great stuff, man. Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor, McLaughlin Associates. Thank you, sir, for your time. You take care and stay safe. You too, Elliot. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.